0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Federal Premium Ammunition. Now, Federal has come out with a new turkey load called the Heavyweight TSS or the Heavyweight Tungsten Super Shot. Now, this is a tungsten alloy material and it's 18 grams per cubic meter centimeter density. Now what this means is, it is it's twenty 22% higher than standard tungsten and 56% higher than lead. So it is a, a very dense material and it has the ability to travel at high velocities and continue that velocity at longer distances. It has deadly patterning and it also has something called flight control flex and that is when that rear braking wad performs flawlessly through ported and standard turkey chokes. So if you want to find out more information about the heavyweight tungsten super shot, visit federalpremium.com. And while you're there, don't forget to check out their podcast and their blogs. Tons of great content. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast brought to you by Vortex Optics. Today, we're continuing the conversation about river bottom ground. Now, this uh, past week, uh, earlier in the weekend, I ended up going to a piece of public near my house, and it is one gigantic river bottom, right? It's like 11,000 acres, really big uh section of public that kind of comes up onto the the hills up into the hills as well but I was down scouting in the river bottom portion of it and I must say that for public land in Iowa I, I saw some really good sign and I didn't see a lot of let's say buck sign like old rubs or old scrapes but what i did see was really good amount of tracks really good bedding uh really awesome corridors in between uh these really thick and these really open pieces inside of this uh this river bottom and what i'm what i'm dealing with here is uh, a main river a big river coming through it splits this piece of public in two in two pieces the north side and the south side and Uh, the other day I was out there with my kids and I ended up cutting a really big track so a handful of days later I came back in there and I did some scouting now it wasn't your typical post-season scouting right Uh, all the leaves are on the trees at this point Uh, so it is full green up and at this point I am just walking trails I'm looking for old sign and I'm actually hoping to bump deer in this, uh, in these scenarios to try to find beds, to try to find, um, pockets where these deer are, are spending a lot of their time. And, um, what's cool. I shouldn't say it's cool. It's going to be a different scenario than what I'm typically hunting. Like I'm typically hunting big Ridge systems, uh, ag fields with fingers. Um, I'm, I'm hunting, like uh, field edges i shouldn't say field edges but your typical you know ag timber fingers uh, crp down here i am hunting a sea of willows right really thick nasty six foot high vegetation that every year gets flooded out and depending on the time of the year actually has a huge impact on what the deer are going to be doing come hunting season now if it's in the hunting season Let's say it's September, October, big flood comes through, the deer kind of go away. They, they go up into the hills and then they stay up in the hills, and the hills is actually private ground. Now, what I did was I, I walked, I parked in a parking lot like everybody else does. I, I walked back about a mile, and then I knew that after a mile is when all the footprints stopped, when all the tree stands kind of st- uh, stopped. And then I, I kept going back further, another half mile into this, this maze, and that's when I started seeing really good deer sign. Um, and that's when I cut that big track. and I think I found it again. Now as I as I'm walking the bank of the river, I'm about mm, 30 yards in, 40 yards in on a main trail, and I cut another really big track. I follow it another, 70 to 100 yards and I jump up a I couldn't see his body so I couldn't see how big he was but I all I could see is his head and nubs on his head and I tried to find the bed but I couldn't I couldn't find the bed Um, but the cool thing about this this area is it is a there's no real terrain features it's all flat so you're basically hunting edge which is the thick willows and the not thick willows and the maze of trails that kind of go in and out out of there but there is a consistent pattern that I that I found Um, and I can I can I can show you better if you guys go to the YouTube channel on Thursday Uh, the Sportsman's Nation YouTube channel I'm going to be launching a uh, a video or a vlog about that scouting mission and i'm gonna uh, show you some terrain features on the whiteboard like i've done in the past for the the whiteboard whitetails series that i've done and it's gonna help you get a better idea of what i found what i was looking at and uh man i i'll be honest with you i wasn't too terribly excited going into to this piece of public but once i got in there once i saw the sign once i saw the the deer once uh i kind of put all of it together it's a really cool spot that i honestly don't think a lot of people are going back that far unless you're accessing it by boat and uh long story short i i saw a couple tree stands on the property that uh, were there they shouldn't be there this time of year but they were there And, um, they're accessing it by boat. So I don't have a boat. So I'm going to have to find creative ways to access it through the, you know, through the ground on, on the ground. Uh, I think I've come up with a couple good scenarios so far, but, uh, it's one of those things where whenever you're hunting a new piece of property, you have to, you know, be mobile. You have to, you know, if you set up in one spot and you fail, well, guess what? You got to go set up another spot. And try it again, and try it again, and try it again, and continue to try until you uh, you seal the deal, right? So that's what uh, that's what I've done on this river bottom piece. And today we continue the river bottom conversation with a guy named. Kyle Bridges and Kyle uh, lives in Oklahoma he's been hunting this uh, piece of river bottom ground now for one year and he kind of walks us through what he's learned uh, this past year of how the deer are using the river how the deer are using uh, this ridge that kind of parallel the river and uh, we're just going to talk about uh, his experience I I share a little bit of my experiences on river bottom ground and uh, yeah I this, this episode is about hunting river bottom whitetails. Now, we got to do a commercial, right? Wasp Archery, uh, their website is wasparchery.com. And I'll tell you right now, um, this is an awesome company from many standpoints, right? Obviously, they make a very good broadhead or a series of broadheads. They make mechanicals. They make uh, fixed blades. As, uh, most of them are made in America. Uh, And here's the best part, right? You call them up and someone will answer the phone. This isn't like one of these giant corporations where they have some random person answer the phone. They don't know really what's going on. Uh, Who do I I need to contact you? I don't necessarily know the products. Maybe they're reading information out of a catalog. But you call WASP and... Someone is going to answer and they're going to be able to help you with your problems, whether it's a a product question, whether it's a default question, you know, I, I doubt they have any default, many defaults, but if you have a problem, they're the type of people who want to fix it because they want to see you successful. And when you're successful, you continue to go back and use that product, right? I am a huge fan of wasp, not only because they're, my favorite broadheads but over time you build relationships with these people and you find out that they are equally as passionate about hunting specifically bow hunting like you right and that's why i work with wasp is because wasp i've built this relationship they 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 have a business that is that sur- is surrounded around making their customers happy and how do you do that you make a kick-ass product and that's what wasp does right i'm a huge fan of the boss four blade and the jackhammer as far as the mechanicals are concerned these guys have a variety of uh, broadheads and they're all kick-ass so what i want you to do is i want you to go to wasparchery.com and then i want you to use the discount code 9fingers that's the number 9 followed by the word fingers 2020 9fingers2020 and you can receive a 20% discount code or discount off of uh, a purchase of whatever or however many broadheads you want to uh, purchase and that's a really good deal for the quality right you're getting you are getting a 20% discount on probably on um, probably if i obviously i'm biased right cuz i work with them but some of the best broadheads in the market, period. All right. So, commercial's done. We got an awesome episode today, and uh, it's about river bottom whitetails, and it starts right now. In three, two, one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the phone with me today, Mr. Kyle Bridges. Kyle, what's up, man? Hey, man, how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, We're got to finally the first, I guess, hot spell coming into Iowa, and uh, I I have I built my office right, and in my office it's you know it's a it's a loft office above my garage, and it is hot as balls in here, and my air conditioner oh, that, I, it. <laughs> that it it really can't keep up with the the heat that's outside. It's like 85 plus the last two days so my air conditioner is making it bearable and the second i shut it off to record this podcast so that i can just feel i can literally feel it getting hotter in here (laughs) the beads start the beads on the neck start forming oh yeah oh yeah uh let's see so uh kyle where are you from
1: uh originally i'm from central oklahoma i grew up uh like 45
0: minutes east of oklahoma city okay and uh, um the out in the country gotcha gotcha so out in the country and then where do you currently live
1: uh i currently live um around out of oklahoma southwestern almost about a southwestern part of oklahoma you can get
0: okay all right so
1: nothing but nothing but cotton fields and as far as you can see
0: okay so a, a lot of uh a lot of cotton fields and uh what do you do for a living kyle um i was in the
1: army for five years i got out in 2015 and i moved down here and uh i've been i've been working on this ranch that i actually hung on
0: oh, okay um for almost almost two years now i've been working down there what kind of ranch is it it's a it's just a small little cattle operation. Okay, so you're uh, you're a farmhand for a cattle operation, basically. Yes, sir. Okay, yes. cool, cool. So, uh, my, uh, let's see, my family, my distant, I guess you would call it my distant family. It would be my brothers, or not my brother, it would be my great-grandpa. One of them, my great-grandpa settled in Iowa. His brother's dad or something like that settled in nebraska and it was nebraska was already a state but they were trying to get people out to nebraska to work off the land and and uh basically giving sections of land away to people so my my distant family moves into nebraska and they just because the state was giving land away for free, basically, and the only the only thing was if that. if we give you the land, you have to work it and you and you have to live on the land that you that you are you know some big rich guy couldn't come in' We're uh, granting you yeah, some big rich guy couldn't come in and say, "I want all this land and then have his operation work there if if it was under your name or your business, you had to have you had to live on it well anyway, so Back in the day, they give them all this land, and they have one of. At the time, it was like it was this gigantic cattle operation where I think they had, I want to say, two hundred and fifty sections of ground that they were running cattle on. And over the years, it's been split up and divided and sold and whatnot. But it's it's still a pretty big uh, cattle operation for that area, and. uh, It
1: sounds
0: like. Yeah. So. Uh, I don't I personally don't have any experience running cattle, but it's it's somewhat in my family. Uh, And I want to talk today. We're going to we're going to talk about river bottom ground specifically, because I I went on to Facebook today and I said, hey, man, I need someone. I want to talk to someone who hunts river bottom ground. And the reason I, I did this is because. I've been scouting some public ground and it's completely different than what I'm typically hunting, which is like the, the typical Iowa, you know, fingers and ag fields. This is strict river bottom ground, very little terrain features, thick, nasty willows and and all the, the muck and the marshes that go along with it. Little thick country. Yep absolutely and uh you you replied and uh, i i didn't want to have it all about like a typical midwestern type river bottom hunt you live out in oklahoma and i think that's a little bit different so on the all on the different yeah on the <laughs> property that you hunt i want you to explain the terrain features and i want you to explain how the river kind of plays a big role within those terrain features
1: Okay, well, basically the the river bottom that that I hunt and work on, it's a, it's off the the North Fork, and it it oxbows up north and comes back around to the south as it goes east, and then our our land pretty much it just kind of sucks into that oxbow, and there's a there's a big ridge that runs right along them. I think last year when it flooded the river came out of its banks and it travels down through that on that ridge. It just cuts it.
0: So does the main, so um, so does the main river run through the property or is it just kind of an oxbow Lake on the, on the property? It's, it's, it's
1: sort of like an oxbow Lake.
0: Okay. It, 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 it
1: bows bows up around the Northern border of our property. Okay. And then is there, and then to the, to the North, go ahead. Mm Uh, to the north of that is usually some agar. It's a little bit of timber that um, runs along the river. But to the north of it is a, a bunch of ag field. Usually it's cotton. Sometimes
0: it's corn. Okay. And um, are there big terrain got- features uh, that are along this? Because in the river bottom that I went scouting on this last week, it was really flat. It is that typical big river bottom floodplain Um that has a ton of vegetation uh down on the bottoms, and uh if it's not if it's not uh you know farmed then it's you know it's thick, but if it's farmed obviously it becomes wide open so this particular public piece that i'm I'm hunting is this huge i guess you would say it's a huge floodplain, but it is very thick and nasty with all these willows. Is there a lot of vegetation uh, as far as the uh, the river bottom that you're hunting?
1: Um,
0: on our property, the cows the cows I wouldn't say keep
1: it down, but it it's not it's not nearly as thick. But just on just on the on the side of the fence that that pretty much there there might be a few acres that from where the river runs to the to our property, and it's it's pretty thick. There's it's it's not a lot of big timber, but it's just he said it's briars it's thick stuff okay and you can you you can easily tell where where animals are moving through there
0: okay because it's just there's paths just worn down gotcha all right so what about the terrain is it um is it a river bottom similar to what i described where it's really flat i know you mentioned a big ridge where the oxbow cuts in is is there any big terrain features um
1: not, not on, not on my property. Except for that ridge, really. It's it, it. gets kind of hilly, or I wouldn't even say hilly, but it just there's there's just little terraces every now and then that vegetation will build up on. So it's 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 flat to a certain point, okay. but there's a lot of pockets where anything can move in and out.
0: Okay, so po- pockets of pockets of vegetation, and it's elevation.
1: Elevation where it'll, it'll just kind of drop. Okay. Maybe m- maybe a foot or two.
0: But nothing major.
1: But like you'll a, never. A, but you'll. But no, no, nothing major on our property. Now there there are the the quartz mountains to the. Oh, I think it's to the northeast of us. But they're not.
0: They don't play a role on LA. your property. No no okay. no no. All right. They're just fun to look at. Okay. So as far as your property, um, is it is, it's just a couple feet of uh, elevation changes. It's not like a 50 foot bank coming out of the river or a, a big draw where the nether Creek meets up into it. Um, all along, all
1: along our stuff, um, there, there might be channels cut to where it's deeper, um, up, up near the, up further on the bank where the river got out at one point in time and it just kind of cut a little channel through. Okay. But other than that, no, it's it's pretty much flat.
0: Okay. All it's right. With just
1: small, small feet and elevation changes.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. And then throughout that area, is it, are there marshes or wet spots where the deer try to avoid, or is it pretty dry for the most part?
1: Uh, here in Southwest Oakland, it's pretty dry.
0: Yeah. It,
1: it, it stays pretty dry down here. Okay. Um, you, you won't find too many of those wet spots. Now you start coming, that, that ridge I told you about, there's there's a couple little, little wet spots that'll, throughout the year when it gets real rain, it'll just kind of wash out down below on, lower on it. Okay. And you know, leave them a little water hole for them.
0: Okay. But it's not like it doesn't turn into an active marsh or a wetland no. or anything like that. It's just, if it floods, it goes over. No, and no, it's it comes... all dry grand. Okay. All, all dry. All right, cool. Uh, so kind of walk us through how the deer, I guess, navigate that area. I mean, are they walking with, with the river? I mean, is it a, is it a main, uh, I guess, uh, transportation area for them?
1: It's it's definitely an attractive feature for them. They don't spend a lot of time on it, but you'll catch them on on days where they'll they'll just be playing in the water. But most times they're just they're mainly walking across it, going between between spots. Okay. Because like I said, the the land I hunt on, no one really hunts it besides me. And before I started hunting, no one. I mean, there's been a few people hunted, but no one dedicatedly hunted it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like I said, to the north, it's it's pretty much all ag field. And then there's a big, big expanse of like overgrown, just grown-up, brushy, flat bottom area. Okay. That oh, during the rut, it's a perfect place <laughs> to just sit up on the hill and just watch them. You can you you can watch just
0: different groups of bucks and does you uh, got excited there <laughs> oh yeah oh I, oh I love it so so are they just basically using the river as a highway and they they're bouncing from pocket to pocket of vegetation yeah. okay right. um
1: from, from from what i'm seeing they're they're basically they're they're using it as a water source but mainly they're just they're finding those low those low areas where it's not deep and they can just go across it from place to place
0: okay what about the uh the food sources in the area? What are they using for food sources? Are they staying close to the river or are they are they heading away from the river uh to go to some of these ag fields that you talked about?
1: Well, like I said the the ag fields to the north. I know during the winter they they replant most of the the fields here after the cotton harvest, they plant it in wheat. And so every Every cotton field around here just turns the wheat during the winter, right? And that's that's a huge attractive form, and that's right on the north the north boundary of that river for us.
0: Okay, so what's that do um, to the property what, that you hunt? Then does it is it a, is it a bad thing I, and it pulls them out, or do, are they always just, coming I back? I wouldn't say so because I, they're always coming back. Yeah, um, you have the cover. It sounds but, but like, but
1: we have oh oh yeah oh yeah we definitely have the cover. Okay, and. Like I said, on our property, we have a bunch of like they're either wild plums or sand plums, but they're thickets. And during the during the summer months is when they start ripening. Boy, everything eats them. Deer, I know, I, I have that has to be where they get a lot of their protein because I don't know where else it's
0: coming from. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Like I said, everything else is usually cotton. Okay. So how how deep is the river then? <sighs>
1: I wouldn't say it's. it's I mean, you can see the bottom. It's not very deep. You could probably walk in waders. Okay. And in most areas,
0: some areas it probably gets deeper, but yeah. In most areas that I see, you could probably get across it in waders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the river that I'm talking about for the property that I scouted last week was. I mean, it's probably five feet deep to six feet deep, uh, and then as they because this river leads into a reservoir and then they dam up the reservoir so that uh, in the summer months they can have boating which raises the water level and it backs it up even you know it backs it up all the way up to the uh, up the river and so uh, I mean then it starts getting probably eight foot eight foot deep some places so the deer raft. yeah so the deer aren't able to actually walk across it they're they they're You know, they probably swim it with ease and there's definitely crossings, but I don't think it's shallow enough for them to walk through it. Plus it's a, it's a fairly current. I mean, it, the river has somewhat of a current. So it's more, yeah, yeah, yeah. So are there, are there any like peninsulas or um, big twists and turns in this river or is it for the most part just kind of straight going through the property?
1: Um, like I said, it, it does that, it does that one really big bow. And then on the, on the Eastern side, as it comes down and as it goes back East, it, our property pretty much ends. Okay. I I know the people, I know the people that hunt properties, maybe I think it's the next property or two over. And it, it, it pretty much just goes straight East and then it cuts back South again. Okay. But around us, it's just that big ox bow or just bows around us.
0: Gotcha. Is that, uh. Is that oxbow then full of vegetation, or is it is it higher the the land on the inside of it? Is it higher than the land on the outside of it? Uh, say that one more time. Are are it, what's higher? What's the higher elevation on the inside of the oxbow, kind of like the peninsula area of it, or the outside of that?
1: Um, around, uh, around my property, it's when like I said, I haven't ever been to the north side, but when when you look across it, it looks like it's about the same height. Okay. It looks like it
0: doesn't, it doesn't change
1: much elevation
0: at all. Gotcha. And then where's the maybe, ve-
1: maybe a few feet, maybe.
0: Okay. Where's the vegetation at then? Where's the cover at? Is that all on the inside or is it on the outside?
1: Like, um, a lot of it, a lot of it is on, it'd it be this? it'd be the Southern end. Be, be on our side, okay. As it as it bows around, because like I said, on the on the north side of us, it's, it's a bunch of I think it's cotton fields or wheat fields. Yeah, yeah. And then and then it's a, it's just old brushy field on
0: on on east. All right. So as far as the deer movement in in that area on the farm on your neighboring properties, how are the deer using your farm? Uh, using those food sources? Are they traveling longer distances? Are they kind of staying put? And you can answer that as far as early season, late season, summer, winter, all that.
1: Okay. In the summertime, they're they're staying around for instance, those, those sand plums or wild plums, whatever. They're delicious. I know that. They're almost like a maroon color when they're ripe. And, ooh, they're delicious. Mm-hmm make some really good jam out of them. But like I said, those don't last very long. Like I said, everything needs them. And by fall, they're basically just on the food sources that the, the other, like I said, other properties. I don't, I don't do any kind of feeding programs or anything. I might put some corn out at like the cams just to kind of get an inventory of what's out there. Okay. But fall, like I said, there's, there's some acorns. There's a few, um we have some mulberries. I I don't know if they eat them or not. And then as of it's basically just natural grasses. Um like I said most most in winter time, like I said most most farmers are putting what was their cotton going wheat just as
0: like a cover crop. Okay. So they're they're just kind of chilling on on your property for the most part, how far away from the river is all the action? I mean, is it really tight to the river or does it expand out a ways as well? Oh, it, oh, it expands. Yeah. Oh, it expands. They,
1: they, they like the river, but they definitely like to come off the river and explore. Okay. And I've caught caught some deer on the river that I've caught
0: probably uh, up in the farmhouse, which is easily probably a mile, mile and a half. Okay. So they're not necessarily sticking to the river; they're coming up out of it uh, to, I don't know, to eat to, the, to the eat. Okay, once those sand plums kind of wear down. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. I said, "Now, do the bachelor groups, the bucks, and let's say in the summertime, or the does." are they all kind of living in the same area or are the bucks in one spot and the does in another?
1: Well, from what I've seen, they're, they're not really restricted to any one area. You'll, you'll catch them all over the place. Okay. Um, of course they have, you know, the bucks have their, their favorite, their favorite, favorite little areas, but the does, the does will just roam everywhere it seems. Okay, Bucks will will usually stick to their, their little areas, but it seems to me like the does, they just kind of,
0: they're just roaming all over the place. Yeah. Okay. And then um, they, you know, then once it gets closer to October, November, the actual hunting season or even into the rut, um, are they, they're expanding even further away? What are the, what are the bucks typically doing? Are they cruising the river or are they just kind of? I guess what I'm trying to ask is it, is the river an important feature in, in this or is it almost like if the river wasn't there they'd still be doing the same thing?
1: You know I'm not entirely sure about that because you'll see them like I said you'll see you'll see during the rut you'll see bucks crossing that river mm-hmm. all day all along they're just there because they're, they're just always on the move. Right. But if the river wasn't there, I don't, I don't know how that would work because I mean, that's a, it's a pretty good, pretty decent water source for them. Yeah. And it's a, it's a nice little social area because they know, they know does like will hang out there.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's one thing that, and, and I think the depth of the river and the ease of crossing it probably plays a big role in how the deer travel through that area i know like like i mentioned right i I have a heavier current i have a deeper body of water which means they have to swim and if i had to guess you know on a normal day not the rut when they're chasing does they probably don't want to swim if they don't have to so so for me on the river bottoms that that i scouted and that i you know grew up hunting They have big main trails that work up and down the sides of the river. And depending on, you know, some terrain features, it's like uh, this, for example, where I went scouting, it was, I would say 40 yards, 30 yards off the bank was a huge trail just running uh, parallel with right along with it, right along with it. Are, do you see big trails like that right off the riverbanks where you're at?
1: On my side, I've, I've I've found a few trails that are like that where it's it's just a highway. Yeah, it seems like. Yeah, it's like how am I not seeing these deer down here? Yeah, what what are your trail? Do you run trail cameras?
0: I I really I, I run two. I okay. don't run that many. All right, what do your just, trail cameras tell you? The the ones that you do run, do they tell you anything about how the deer are moving? Um,
1: they'll tell me if. Usually, usually, if I get them in the right spots, and that's my problem, I never get them in the right spots. Yeah. Um, usually, they'll tell me if, if movement is decent. Like, I, I like paying attention to cloud cover, like when they're out here in cloud cover, because sometimes deer like cloud cover, other times they like clear
0: days. Hmm. Okay. And do do they move? Is that because it's hot? Like temperature wise, down down where you're hunting or is it just you you personally pay attention to whether the sun is out or not
1: i I think that has a little bit to do with it i mean I, i i've seen i've seen a lot of movement on cloudy days and i've seen a lot of movement on clear days
0: okay all right um now kind of going back to the 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 movement right so i i think that because your 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 river is real shallow they they don't necessarily have these big trails uh these big runways like i do because it's easy easy to cross now a- along the river or up off the river where do like do you i know you said that the does kind of travel everywhere but is there a a main doe bedding area per se um
1: the closest the closest I've came to identifying where the deer are bedding there's there's two possible areas like I said there's a there's a really thick overgrown brushy area to the it'd be the northeast of our property just on the other side of the river okay it's pretty thick okay I don't think anybody hunts it because I've never seen anybody in orange out there I spent a lot of time looking over there, just wishing I could get over there. <laughs> but but I think they're either bedding over there or there's a really thick part, like I said, where that ridge comes in along. And it's right where the river comes down back south, right before it cuts back east on our property. Okay. It's, like I said, when it flooded, it's right where the river cuts through. And there's a bunch of – I mean, it just looks like somebody threw a stick of – toothpicks in there it's just dead limbs leaves yeah and the, big trees down it's real very thick and, I, and i've been in there i've walked all through it and it does open up a lot okay and i think they're bedding in there somewhere
0: gotcha gotcha so over the how you said five years you've been working on this ranch and hunting on it uh two years two years okay i'm oh, sorry this two. Will, well this will be my yeah, this would be my second year. Okay, second year. All right. So, uh, in this in that first year that you've hunted this this property, um, have you kind of nailed down what the bucks are doing in the rut? Are they staying with the river, or are they just hitting these these doe groups or these these bedding areas similar to, I guess, your normal midwestern type of uh, scenario? Mm-hmm.
1: What I found with, with the bucks that I – during the rut, I said, I hunted with my dad, and he shot an amazing nine-point. Yeah. Um. I said, I don't know if you got my emails, but I sent emails. Yep, I got them. Um, he got that one, and like I said, the area where he was hunting was – it, it might have been a few hundred yards up from the river on – we were sitting right underneath the, uh, a cedar tree and all around in the area, there's an old cabin. And I said the area, I think on the, the north side of that is where they bed because I always see a bunch of does, a bunch of does in there all the time. Okay. And that's all you have to do is find big – if you want to find big bucks, you have to find the does.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's not. Uh, that's not rocket science, right? Yeah. Yeah. They so- know what they want. Right. So it looks to me on this map that you sent me that the most of the property is a big flat ground. And then it kind of comes up to almost a berm or a
1: mm-hmm.
0: a, a big like a floodplain. That's bank. that big
1: ridge. Yeah, that, that big ridge. That big okay. ridge I'm telling you about.
0: OK, yeah, this makes more sense. So imagine a big bottom river bottom floodplain and then it hits the that ridge or that next uh, elevate big elevation change and then it goes it goes back up um it's a pretty decent elevation change too yeah okay so what's what is that elevation change it's it's probably ever
1: bit 15 to 20 foot
0: okay so it's decent coming out yeah, of there. yeah okay. it's, it's it's noticeable <laughs> okay when you're looking you're like oh yeah that's a hill <laughs> okay. all right so then where where that ridge meets the river? When you say that that river comes back around and that ridge meets that river, are you seeing more, um, more deer sign or deer movement where the ridge and the river are closer together or further away? Where it's I guess it's just that ridge running with all that cover.
1: Most of the time, I've seen most activity back off of the river back off the river
0: okay okay
1: and like i said they use it they use it as, as like a little highway to just food plots bedding food sources and bedding and i think they just use it as a,
0: a highway got you so almost in in that area that ridge has a bigger impact of for deer movement than the river does almost almost, almost. okay all right but for for all intensive purposes equal yeah yeah okay cool cool so let me ask you this uh one thing that i'm gonna have to worry about when the deer uh when i hunt this river bottom that i'm that i'm gonna put some energy and effort into this upcoming fall is flooding all right and you know if the river comes up you know, three feet, then the whole river bottom gets flooded out. And all the places that I've just scouted go bye-bye. Good tracks, good sign, lots of good, uh, you know, food, water, cover uh, in this area. What do the deer do in your area when that bottom floods out?
1: I've I've only ever seen it flood out one time, and that was last year when it it flooded out. It flooded out, receded a little bit, and then it flooded out again. Okay. And, and it seemed like the deer either had a choice. They either went north or they went south. <laughs> right. And like I said, I I didn't see. And of course, it was, I want to say it was around June and July is when the flooding was. So bucks don't have a lot of antler growth. So if they're running away whenever
0: you see them, you're like, was that a buck or a doe? I couldn't tell. Yeah. What but was. Like I said, most of them. I, what what were they doing? What were they uh, were they running onto different farms? Obviously, they're going to high ground. But how long did it take them to kind of absorb back into the area once the water receded?
1: Um, to to get back in their normal routine, I would say it took. I wouldn't even say that long. Maybe a week or two. Okay. But till till it dried out good enough to where, like I said, I started because I had I had to fix a bunch of fence. Yeah. In the mornings I'd find I'd I'd see bucks peeking at me.
0: Okay. And that was just mo- that was just like days after the water went down or, or a week, week or so? Um
1: probably a week or so. Okay. Probably a week or so.
0: Got ya, got ya. And then once once they got back it was just did they go back onto a normal pattern?
1: From from what I saw, yeah, they didn't they they seemed fairly normal. Got ya like I said I went back to seeing does every day I usually uh, in the in the wintertime after deer season if I get out and walk around on that place I can see anywhere from 15 to 30 usually
0: okay I got gotcha.
1: you there's, there's 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 quite a decent deer population down there
0: yeah I got you so when you're making when you're making your where to hunt decisions what what comes into play more that big ridge or that that river i like i
1: like coming off the river okay i like being not not so close to it but i like being close enough that i know the river's there because i i don't know how many times i've been sitting on a fence line up in the tree and i can kind of see the edge of the river behind me and you'll just see deer walking because it gets pretty thick in places right right up to the river. Okay, you'll see him poking in and out, just weaving through
0: it. Got you, got you. So the uh, the river is your main terrain feature that y- you like to pay attention to. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Now, from from that let's say that stand location, how far away is it from that stand location to let's say that ridge? Uh, probably good close to six, 700 yards per week. Okay. So it's a, it's a, rotate? it's a fairly big bottom then. Oh yeah. Okay. I want to say that
1: the big bottoms, the bottom area alone is 200 something acres,
0: 200 acres itself. Okay. And that's where the cattle are at, right?
1: Well, they, they rotate down there. Like we, we rotate them about every week or so okay and then we we rotate them on different pastures
0: gotcha and then when when you introduce the cattle back into that pasture during the hunting season or maybe you don't um what kind of impact do the cattle play on that farm you know if you
1: talk to people they say that deer don't like cattle yeah I just don't see it. Like I said, I work on a cattle ranch that always has cattle on it. I mean, like I said, we rotate them usually every week. So they're, they're always there sometime. They might, they may not be there for a couple days, but they're going to come back. Okay. And I just, I don't see an impact in it. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to change your routines that much.
0: Okay. All right. Um, but i said you, you you talk
1: to somebody else and yeah. they hate hunting with land that has cattle
0: yeah, and that's it's funny you say that because my my opinion is the opposite uh i i hunt my main farm is an active i mean it's active ag it has cattle on it, and then when the egg's out, they bring the cattle into the ag fields to to clean up right, and it also has mm-hmm. a herd of horses you know um i don't want to say wild horses but they might as well be wild horses because uh no one really (laughs) yeah they're they're in a farm fence but i mean they're they're mean suckers but the deer will walk (laughs) right through the horses no problem but if the cattle are there i'm not seeing any deer so it's uh it's it's unique there, but maybe maybe it's because the deer aren't around the cattle all year. Like, I don't know, are they around the cattle all year up there?
1: Like I said, we, we rotate them every week. And we, we have, it, one, two, three, four or five different pastures, okay. including that bottom land. That bottom land's all one. Okay. So we'll rotate them. And then they're in there for a week or, a week or two. We rotate them out. And then they're not there for at least probably three or four weeks okay but when when the, but when the cattle come back i mean I, i'm still seeing deer yeah checking cattle every morning checking seeing deer
0: <laughs> yeah so although they're on they're on a rotation um like every other week or every two weeks i think it's probably a little bit different than what i'm going through to where my cattle it sounds like it yeah my cattle are gone pretty much all year, and then when the crops come out, and then bam, they, they show up, they show up, and they're right up to the you know the field edges and, and all that stuff. So, uh, maybe it's a little bit more I of, kind a, of see on that a shock to their system, right? When, when they're in the grass pastures, cool. they are um, the deer can avoid them by walking in the timber around the pastures, but when they are in the ag fields, all of the everything kind of goes stays in until dark or until the the you know the cattle are somewhere else yeah so
1: yeah it sounds like it's kind of a shock to him like oh shit there's beer
0: yeah absolutely (laughs) absolutely Well, man, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to uh, talk about your property, talk about the river, talk about that big ridge and how the deer kind of work the area. Um, Thanks for your time. Thanks for being flexible. And, man, good luck this upcoming season. Oh, man, you too. Thanks again for having me, man. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast in the books. Huge shout out to all the partners, right? They make this possible. Ozonics, Wasp, Lone Wolf, the Average Conservationist, and Vortex Optics. Please go out support the companies that support this podcast, uh, because in the end, that supports me, and I get to continue to put out some kick-ass content. So, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And what else here? I think that's it, man. I don't want to. I don't want to waste too much of your time. Please be sure to go check out the Sportsman's Nation YouTube channel. Please be sure to subscribe to the Sportsman's Nation podcast, the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, and uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, right? And uh, other than that, guys, you have a good one. Be safe out there. Get outside and uh, enjoy Mother Nature, man.